0: Good morning. It's Sunday, December the 13th. Oh, I may not have put that right. December the 13th, and I'm here in northern Illinois. We have snow on the ground, and it's dry. We had rain mixed with snow a big part of yesterday. So uh, I guess we're getting closer to winter. Uh, not a lot of sun, but I want it, you know, I have to show you my amaryllis. So let's see how it's doing. Now, not a lot of sun the last two days, but look at, now, first of all, look how big it's gotten. And I have my second one is blooming, but the one on top, the one stalk, has at least three separate flowers in it. And it is going to be red, the center one, and then there's another I think that's another little bud of another flower. And then that one's coming up. And then these are two different ones. So, how amazing, right? That has to be a new Christmas tradition for me. So, um, I hope all of you are having a good Sunday morning. We have Sutta Study on Zoom at 1030 with Bhante Badia. So I always enjoy that. So I'll be, I, I go from here to my desk a few feet away and, uh, get on Zoom and join the class. So it makes these, uh, second and fourth Sunday mornings are, are busy. And that's, I like that. lot of, lot of Dhamma. Keeps me going. Then I have another class at 6 p.m. that's with the New York Sutta Study Group. So it's a good day. I hope all of you are finding things that are good for you and that you're enjoying. I know uh, Kim, Kim Zoff, was really working on her ukulele, which she plays very well to begin with. But at the beginning of the pandemic, she was spending time perfecting her skills, which is one of the things I had wanted to do and really had to set it back out of the way because there were so many classes and things I wanted to study and work on my practice that I temporarily had a hi- have had a hiatus from the ukulele, but my uh, amateur attempts were not very... Uh, not all that successful. So it probably felt like something that I wasn't very good at. So, uh, but Kim, I do plan to get back to it because I love the idea. <laughs> so I hope all of you have projects that you've been able to work on during the pandemic and that you've been able to stay healthy. And you might be trying to take care of people who are not healthy, and that's enough of a project in itself. I'll try to let that be your practice and your teacher as you go through that difficult time. But uh, always have hope. And uh, I hope if, you, if you're if you getting very burnt out, as I know the entire health care profession is, um, try to find something that can... Uh, rise rise up that energy. In Buddhism, we call it vidya. Bhante Pemaratana gave a wonderful talk on that quality. When we talk about the Eightfold Path, that's right effort. It's that right kind of energy that we rouse up. Maybe when we want to just, okay, stop. I just want to goof off today. I just want to, you know, lay around on the couch and eat chocolates. Like, that's never been a thing, but that's what we, that's our stereotype of what we want to do when we're going to just give in to, to our uh, fatigue and exhaustion and just boredom, perhaps, with things. But the quality of vidya, we all experience it. And sometimes we don't realize it's not like, okay, I'm going to go out and run a marathon, that persistence and, uh, Staying with it, that quality of effort and energy that the Buddha is talking about is that when we need to rouse ourselves to go a little bit further, to stay, you know, to stay with our meditation a few minutes more, that's often just the energy, the effort that we want to put into it. We need to rouse ourselves to give it a little bit more. So if you meditate every day for five minutes, which is fine, maybe. Rouse the effort and, uh, sit for 10 minutes. Give it a shot. Sometimes we want to, uh, maybe give up before we should give up. And that's when we need to have that quality. I know all parents have it, all mothers for sure. And I think most fathers. It's when you really want to get a good night's sleep and you you know, you have a sick child or you have a baby that needs to be fed every few hours. The thing that makes us get up and go and tend to that child. Thank goodness there's that uh, bond of love that we have, but it's also that Vidya. It's that energy. Like this, we'd, we'd rather not have to get up out of a dead sleep to go take care of someone, but we have a motivation to make that make that extra effort, put that energy into it. So sometimes it's very easy to do, we just need to be aware of it. And other times it's that we have to have a, uh, we, we have to think about it and know that that's a quality we have in our life and we want to cultivate it. So that was a beautiful talk yesterday. It would, if you can, if you can watch it or listen to it, uh, I really recommend it because now with the pandemic, you know we're close. We we're, we see the vaccines are rolling off the production lines; they're on their way out, and of course we then we have we can get excited, and that's that's good to have something to get excited about. That's positive, but we don't know how long it's going to take to get to us or to our loved ones. Uh, my mom's in a assisted living facility. In Tennessee, I don't. They say nursing homes and uh, healthcare workers will be the first, but we have no idea when that will be. That's that's a lot of people in this country to be uh, getting that those injections, and it's just the first of a series of two. So uh, this doesn't mean that this pandemic is over now. More than ever, we have to be vigilant but it's also a time for those of us who are really trying to be careful and keep ourselves safe, and by doing that we keep others safe. It's really a time for us to have more of that vidya, that energy, so we can keep going and not get really slack, or not just think, oh well, we're almost at the end. Uh, That's when most races are lost, I would think, is kind of towards the end, right? And we have to also have that quality of patience, which I really like to think of this and I see, I've seen some articles about it lately that patience is the opposite of anger. I like, I like thinking about that. So we have to be patient. This is definitely, uh, this pandemic is not over. And that means our holiday season coming up, we need to be very willing to be patient and not think, okay, we just have to go back to our normal ways of celebrating with big groups and families. This is not the time to be thinking that. We've got the rest of the race to run. So think about that extra effort that we put out to keep going with a project, or with uh, with every day, if it's if it's getting hard for you to get through the days, bring up, rouse, allow yourself to rouse up some extra energy. Uh, maybe think of a, a new class you can get into, or some a, a reading project that you'd like to to uh, complete, or a sewing project, or a, there's a closet left to clean out or clean again something to keep you going, and hopefully it can be something that also becomes a beautiful teacher for you. Don't give up, never say die. Well, in Buddhism we don't actually use that phrase because <laughs> death is how we think of, sometimes thinking about death is a way to rouse energy. We know that we are impermanent. This this. This being traveling around in Earth right now is not permanent. So one of the meditations we can do is thinking about uh, maybe this is my last breath. And if it isn't my last breath, it's definitely one less breath that I'll be taking this lifetime. So um, life is short and our moments are precious. The people we love are precious. They're precious enough that we can stay away from them for the holidays unless they're in our bubble. And that bubble has to be, there, there can't be any people coming and going into that bubble. I think a lot of people misunderstand that bubble. So you can't have, uh, you can't, the bubble has to stay <laughs> intact for your bubble to be able to be together for the holidays. So um, there are lots of classes, lots of wonderful talks that are still free and going on. You can uh, come to a book group tomorrow from 5.30 to 6.30. Just go on Eventbrite and uh, get a you get a free ticket. But the ticket will give you all the Zoom information. So we're doing, I have an amaryllis on one side of me in the book. So here's the book, Pema Chodron's "Welcoming the Unwelcome," and you may feel like your welcome mat's been out long enough, right? But don't don't give up now. We are getting close enough to uh, begin the move back into some kind of normal. But everything I listen to and the people, the whatever I'm seeing through reliable news sources, which means I'm reading it or listening to NPR, that this is a very critical time with the pandemic. It's not the time to relax and give up our vigilance. That's how we can care for, we show metta that way to ourselves and to every other being, not only to our loved ones, but remember it's affecting the entire world. We're all in this together. So, don't give up. So, we are going to be working in the book group on chapters 10 to 12. So, those are the chapters how you label it is how it appears, and the practice of open awareness and life changes in an instant. So, we have lovely discussions. Don't feel uncomfortable if you've missed a lot. And I know Tara Brock and other uh, wonderful teachers have lots of things going on online that are free. there are There are some teachers who for their livelihood, they are charging. but if you if your budget is tight and we still don't have uh, any kind of financial relief coming up, You can ask for scholarships or you can find things that are totally free and you can always read or go online and find uh, suttas to read and teachings to read and uh, so much is available to us. So rouse up that extra energy. You know, it's easier to watch Netflix, but there are beautiful things and things that that can really inspire you and give you... Uh, we want to replace any of our negative thoughts with beautiful, wholesome, skillful thoughts. So instead of watching nonstop bad news and uh, worrying about the state of our, not only the economy, but just of our political landscape, we you can be uh, listening to something that's beautiful and good to hear and we can replace a lot of that uh, negative stuff up in our heads with good stuff. Let go of the let go of the stuff that's unwholesome and unskillful, and that's if it's unwholesome for you to be thinking about. If it depresses you, if it's if it's unpleasant news that keeps you uh, keeps you depressed or keeps you sad, that's also keeping you from finding some activity that you can do that's helpful. Remember everybody making masks and give, giving everyone masks? And I have I have such beautiful masks and each one of them have a story. And uh, sometimes I don't find out until later who's even given me the mask. People have brought them to the temple and then the monks will share them with me. And sometimes I don't even know who they're from but th- that we were very productive at the beginning of this pandemic people really roused a lot of energy to be proactive and we need to keep doing that because even when we've all even when we've all had two vaccinations and we're feeling pretty cocky about leaving the house don't leave the house without a mask on this is going to be this is going to be a long time and we need to just accept that, and then be happy. Be happy that the world's still turning, and we have chances to uh, to get out there and be involved in compassionate action. So, I have uh, I'm watching my time because I have a sutta study to go to, but I have about ten minutes. Here's a chapter we haven't gotten to this one in Pema Children's book, but this is this is going to be a good one. We probably will have to keep ourselves uh, in 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 check because everyone will enjoy this chapter and want to move to it. I think I've read from this chapter before: Imagine life without ego. So, let me pick a part that I perhaps haven't read. The difference between living with and without ego is like the difference between static and fluid. Because ego's tendency is to resist the open-ended, empty nature of how things are. When our experience is dominated by ego, Our perceptions become frozen and lose their vibrancy. When I was young, I had a very interesting dream, which has remained vivid in my memory to this day. I was in a fluid state without any sense of opposition. No me against you or me against anything. There was just a wide-open feeling that felt dynamic and alive. The word that kept coming to my mind was process. I recognized how everything was in process, moving, growing, living. I had a deep sense of what it was to be me and what it was to be an interchange with everything my senses perceived. And I had the thought, nothing is like it seems to be. I recognized how the thick, solid way I usually perceive things was just an illusion. When I woke up, it was so shocking. I opened my eyes and suddenly there I was, back in this frozen world. My sense perceptions were back to seeing everything in a fixed way. It felt like everything was made of plastic, like that plastic sushi they display outside some Japanese restaurants. I remember finding this very depressing. I'd had an experience of something that felt like the truth but there was no way for me to get back there. Years later, when I started hearing Buddhist teachings on emptiness and egolessness, I used that dream as a reference point. It resonated with the words that Trungpa Rinpoche and other teachers used. Dynamic, fluid, in process, alive, But these teachers not only gave me a sense of what the experience of egoness felt like, they pointed the way to how I could gradually cultivate freedom from ego. If ego is such a big problem, it would seem like the most natural solution is to get rid of it. It isn't like when you have someone in your office or community or family who's a huge pain in the neck. You want to get rid of that person, or at least you wish you somehow never had to see them or deal with them again. That's a normal response to difficulty, and with all the teachings about how the ego is the biggest troublemaker in our lives, the biggest pain in the neck, why would we not just try to get rid of it? However, the idea that we need to get rid of ego is a misunderstanding one that many people, even experienced Buddhist practitioners, share. The notion that we need to get rid of something within ourselves is a setup for intensifying our inner struggle. It can only inflame our tendency to be unfriendly to ourselves. What the Buddha taught instead is the method of non-rejection. Instead of getting rid of ego, The idea is to become very conscious of ego and how it works. Only by getting to know ego intimately will it lose its power to keep us spinning in samsara. Samsara is that endless round of life and death and rebirth. Ego manifests in all the countless ways we resist what it is. It is there and all are pushing away, what we don't want, and pulling in what we do want. It shows its face in all our solid views, opinions, and fixed ideas. It is present in the ways we identify ourselves, such as weak, strong, broken, wise, competent, unworthy, and so on. The heart of the practice is to notice all of this and rest in the middle of it all, not trying to fix or alter anything. Whatever arises, we can practice just being there with as much ease, curiosity and openness as possible. We can work on noticing and experiencing all these things, all this activity of our minds, doing nothing with it beyond simply noticing. Our journey toward living without ego is to learn how to let go, relax, take a chance, wait and see, and never sum ourselves up. This is our path, which we can keep working on every day to the best of our current ability. This is what I've set out to do for myself in my effort to divorce Pema children. It's a friendly divorce and one that I know will take a while but for sure i don't want to waste another lifetime taking this current very fleeting very fragile persona so seriously so she mentions earlier in the chapter what divorcing pema chodron is about it's like don't not don't take who we are right at this moment so seriously let that persona go that's not who we are so I hope all of you sit for a while, or you come back after sutta study or another good class you're going to listen to, or something that's going to um, be gentle and soothing and comforting for you, and uh, sit to be sure you sit today. Maybe you've already done that this morning, so that's wonderful. Have a beautiful day, and. Take care of yourselves and take care of your loved ones. I'll see you Tuesday. Thank you.